0: Today is October 5th, 2020. We have Trump sending mixed signals from the hospital about his fight with the coronavirus, the Biden campaign pulling all negative ads of Trump, and the vice presidential debate gearing up for a heated battle on Wednesday night. What is up everybody? How's it going? It is early in the morning on Monday morning and we are getting news out to you quick. We've got a big show today per usual. I think I'd even be willing to say that this is probably the best podcast that I've done yet. And I, I don't I don't just throw that around lightly. I, I think that this could be the best episode that we're bringing to you yet. Uh, we're excited about it. If you're new to the show, welcome. Basically, what our goal here is every single day is to look at a little bit of stuff uh, and politics on the left side of the aisle, look at stuff on the right side of the aisle, and do our best to kind of try try to find that sweet truth in between, that little middle ground where so much of politics really should be, and normally, for most of U.S. history, was, right? We are working hard to uh, bring you, as much as we can, nonpartisan news, but... With that having been said, everybody's going to have their opinions, and there's nothing wrong with that. On this show, our goal is not to not have opinions, but it's to have opinions and be civil about it and be reasonable and have a little bit of fun with it all as well. So, today, our first story uh, if you haven't been following the news, then you haven't seen this, but if you have a smartphone or if you've even seen somebody for the past probably three or four days, then you would know that uh, Donald Trump, our president, has coronavirus. So, Uh, Right off the bat, we'll go ahead and jump into a a quick video of Trump addressing the country. This was posted on October 3rd, so uh, in the afternoon, about two days ago. So we'll go ahead and uh, watch through a little bit of uh, what Trump is actually sending out on his Twitter.
1: Hey, good evening. I'm Tom Yamas. Thanks for watching ABC News Live. We are monitoring the latest developments tonight regarding President Trump's health after testing positive for COVID-19. After leaving the White House for Walter Reed Medical
0: Facility last night, the president and his doctors have remained upbeat and optimistic about his condition. And a little while ago, President Trump posted a video message to Twitter from the hospital. Let's take a listen.
1: I want to begin by thanking all of the incredible medical professionals,
0: the doctors, the nurses, everybody at Walter Reed Medical Center. I think it's the finest in the world for the incredible job they've been doing. Uh, I came here, wasn't feeling so well. I feel much better now.
1: We're working hard to get me all the way back. I have to be back because we still have to make America great again, and I'll be back. I think I'll be
0: back soon. And I look forward to finishing up the campaign the way it was started and the way we've been doing. And our first lady is doing very well. Melania asked me to say something as to the respect that she has for our country, the love that she has for our country. And uh, we're both doing well. So that was Donald Trump uh, coming in and addressing the country through his Twitter. He is, which is his favorite way to be able to get all the stuff out to the world, whether or not he's doing fine is kind of up for debate right now. Uh, the entire nation, I think, has been holding their breath over the weekend. Obviously, this has some huge implications. The fact that Trump has coronavirus, it is, it was a huge, absolute bombshell news story. I think that it surprised a lot of people, and we'll kind of get into what this means politically for Donald Trump, but think we got to go ahead and start off by saying that our thoughts and prayers do need to be with Trump and his family. It is it obviously is not a good situation Trump who is 74 years old, he is overweight. It is not a good thing. He is 100% in the risk category, high risk category for the coronavirus. So the last thing that we want is for him or anybody else for that matter to get sick or to be hurting or to be in the hospital. So uh, no matter what your political leanings are, don't be the person that is saying awful things about Trump being in the White House. I've seen some terrible stuff on on Twitter, terrible stuff online. All these people with blue checks by their name saying awful stuff about how uh, Trump deserved it or that uh, this was just... This was down the line. This is just rich irony, which some of it, I guess, is a little bit ironic that Trump did end up getting it, (laughs) but we'll get into that in a bit. Bottom line is, don't be the person that's saying mean things or mean-spirited things just because Trump is a politician you don't agree with his politics on. Be kind. Treat him with the same respect that you would hope that somebody would treat you as well. So all that to say, Later on in that video, Trump's medical team came out and actually talked through how he was doing a little bit as well, which more or less kind of raised more questions, and that's kind of getting into what, what the big story is today. How is Trump doing? We're seeing on one hand, if it, it depends on the news site that you go to, which is mind, that's just mind-boggling to me, that something as simple as how the Trump's, how Trump, our president's health is doing, would depend on which news site that you're reading. I just don't, I don't understand how that could even be, how that's even partisan, but you go on Fox News, or if you go on uh, dailywire.com, you go on I- any of the more right-wing sites, they are all saying that Donald Trump is doing perfectly fine, that he's been working hard from the White House, that he's been addressing the nation from the White House. He is probably going to be going home as soon as today, at the latest tomorrow, and uh, they're painting a picture just, just, In the same way I think that the Trump campaign and the Trump administration is painting the picture that he's doing just fine, he's perfectly healthy, there's nothing wrong, he's going to be up and running here in the next day or so. Whereas if you look on Huffington Post, NBC News, uh, CNN, a little more of the left-wing leaning sites, they are every single one of them are going to say that Donald Trump is in a credibility crisis right now, that uh, he is not doing okay, that there are doctors that are not from the White House that have reported that he is doing really, really bad. It's, it's all just a huge cluster. Nobody has any idea what to believe. No one has any idea what's going on. And this gets to, I think, a huge crux of the issue between the American people and the presidency and the media. Most people agree there's a cre- little bit of a credibility crisis with the media because the media pretty much report on whatever it is that they feel like they're gonna get, it's going to get them the most clicks. But it's not a good thing when most of the country or a lot of the country feel like they can't trust the administration either. And there's even if it's Fox, even if it's Daily Wire, they're going to try and take the president at his word as much as they possibly can. But it's true and it's pretty well proven that Donald Trump tends to lie. Donald Trump tends to say things that are not true and that need to be fact checked. And maybe it's because Trump is trying his best to keep the nation from panicking or trying to keep people from being overly worried when he actually is doing somewhat okay. but nobody really knows what to believe. And when we have a media that is, it doesn't matter what the narrative is, even if the narrative is completely false, they're going to push it because it appeals to their base or because it's going to make them more money. That's not good. We, as a, as a people don't really have any outlet, I guess, to turn to outside of just hoping and praying that Trump does end up okay. So, uh, All of this, I think, underscoring a huge distrust in the media, and especially more importantly, the Trump campaign, is not good. Um, I I looked at an article yesterday from Fox News yesterday that uh, reported that Donald Trump was feeling upbeat and assertive, and that he was working at full speed in the hospital. Within the same breath, I found a Huffington Post article that claimed that Trump had a now-credibility crisis, and that he's doing very poorly, and... Uh, there's another Huffington Post article out this morning saying that uh, medical doctors not involved in treating the president, key language there, not involved in treating the president, Donald Trump, for COVID-19, So the fact that he's been started on dexamethasone, which is a specific steroid, um, he, because he's on that, it means that his condition is actually much, much worse. Tons of speculation. Nobody actually knows what's going on. But the biggest problem is that you feel like you can't trust Trump when you're sitting down and you're seeing the video of him, and you know he's talking from the Oval, or he's talking from a table. He's not from the Oval Office. He's out of the hospital, and you're looking at him and you're listening to him say, "I'm doing just fine. Uh, the First Lady is doing just fine. Uh, I'm I'm increasing rapidly. I'm feeling much better than I did yesterday. There's no need to worry. I'm going to be back out on the campaign trail." And you're looking at it and you're like. Uh, I don't know if I can really trust that. That's not good. You should be able to trust what your president says. I know that every single president is not going to be truthful 100% of the time because they're a human being. Totally get that. There's grace to be given there, right? But you would expect that when the president comes out and he speaks, that you'd be able to understand what he's saying and trust what he's saying to be true. And I don't know that a lot of people feel like that. Um, the toughest part is that we can't get straightforward reporting from the media just depends on who it is that you're listening to. Um, And what we're going to need is just a couple more days to see how the see how President Trump is doing. I I mean, at this point, we're sitting back and everybody's just waiting for big news to break. Either big news is going to break and it's going to be like Donald Trump just died and you know, just died in office from the coronavirus or it's going to be the opposite. Donald Trump has made the quickest, most speediest recovery, the most tremendous recovery that you can possibly make to the coronavirus. And uh, if that happens, then that's fantastic. That's great. You know, we don't want a sitting president to get extremely sick or to something horrible to happen to him. Um, so we hope that he, you know, does get better. That he does, you know, start to feel better here in the next couple of days. So getting around then to the big question, and it's what everybody's thinking, it's what everybody's talking about: How is this going to affect the election? How's it going to affect it? We, the election is right as of now, less than a month away. That's very close. Donald Trump has now been diagnosed with the, with the virus that has been absolutely rampaging across the United States for months and months now. And, uh, a lot of people are looking at this and saying, which way, which way is this going to go? Like, is this going to help Trump? Is it not going to hurt? Is it not going to help Trump? So I will say, uh, the last thing that the Trump campaign needed was more confusing messaging if there's anything that the Trump campaign has struggled with, especially over these past four years, it has been getting out one cohesive message to the American people. A lot of it is because Trump has a very like on the fly type of style. A lot of it is because Donald Trump says stuff that oftentimes are just not true. Um, And then a lot of it is because he does have a giant wing of the media working against him pretty frequently, which is apparently obvious. But I think it's clear that Trump's administration does have a a pretty big trust issue uh, with the American people. But uh, the, the interesting thing to me is I have a hard time thinking that this is going to be, I guess, not bad for Trump's campaign hopes because of his debate last week. Media have been playing over and over and over again. Donald Trump standing on the debate stage last week talking about masks, and openly mocking Joe Biden because he is overly cautious with wearing a mask. As far as I'm concerned, it is incredibly ironic that Donald Trump mocked Biden on Tuesday night, and by Thursday, he was diagnosed with the coronavirus. At the end, of, I mean, that that aged like milk. Donald Trump, there. I mean, with the amount of times... He has played this virus down. He has been caught on record saying that this virus, saying that he was going to tell the American people that the virus wasn't as big of a deal as it was. Uh, Remember that huge news story that broke like literally two or three weeks ago about audio recordings of Donald Trump lying to the American people about the severity of the coronavirus. All of that is old news now. People at this point don't even remember that Donald Trump's tax returns released last week. Yes, that happened last week. That's how quickly the news cycle goes. So at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, nobody's going to necessarily remember that Donald Trump was mocking Biden about it, But people absolutely know and remember Donald Trump's overall sentiment towards the coronavirus over these past six to eight months. And it has not been that the coronavirus needs to be taken extremely seriously. I don't necessarily think that Donald Trump has said that, you know, the Don- that the coronavirus is a hoax or that uh, coronavirus isn't real or that you shouldn't worry. But Donald Trump has definitely downplayed the effect of the virus, the impact of the virus. And now Donald Trump is sick and he's hospitalized with it. So there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that are looking at this and saying, w- wait a second, I thought that you said this wasn't a big deal. Now, on the flip side if this runs through, if Donald Trump is able to just walk out of the hospital today or tomorrow perfectly healthy ready to go hit the ground running i think that it's actually going to bolster him up a little bit <laughs> bolster his campaign because he's going to be able to walk out and be like what 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 i mean it's not that bad i had it i survived i'm perfectly fine i'm 74 years old and i'm i must be superhuman i'm Donald Trump nothing can get me down so it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how this all works out. I I don't know, I'm not a genie, I can't tell the future. I have a hard time thinking that this is going to help the Trump campaign, if at all it's you know, if at the very, very least he's losing a couple of days of being able to be out on the campaign trail. It does make him look a little bit shifty in his messaging. Uh, I, I'm wondering how his messaging is going to shift here uh, after getting the coronavirus, because he's obviously not going to be able to make it sound like the coronavirus isn't a big deal if he was hospitalized with it for five or six days. So uh, his messaging on the coronavirus is going to have to shift. So um, I, w- I will say it's been disconcerting to see Trump downplay the virus. Um, the fact that he got the coronavirus now is obviously a It's a bit ironic, but we're going to have to wait a little bit to see, one, how Trump is doing, and two, how this affects the campaign over the next couple of weeks. If I had to predict anything, it would be that come November 3rd, the vast majority of people won't even remember that Trump even got the coronavirus because there's going to be four or five new gigantic bombshell things to drop over the next couple of weeks anyway to try to swing the election last minute, so... Um, that being said, let's move on to the second story. So the Trump campaign came out and slammed Biden for not pulling negative ads about Trump while he was sick in the hospital. This came as a result of Joe Biden offering to pull his ads down. So Joe Biden, like every other candidate that runs for any type of office in the United States nowadays is doing a whole lot of mudslinging. Uh, Donald Trump has a bunch of negative ads about Joe Biden. Joe Biden has a bunch of negative ads about Donald Trump, just how United States politics is nowadays, unfortunately. So Joe Biden comes out, says that he's going to pull down all the negative ads that he has airing about Donald Trump. Uh, once he found out that Donald Trump was admitted to the hospital, pretty class move. If you ask me, then because it takes 24 hours or so in order for those, uh, all those clips and everything to be pulled down from the advertisers, Donald Trump's campaign came out and slammed Biden about not pulling them down fast enough and having, uh, basically having ads up that were mean-spirited towards Donald Trump while Donald Trump is in the hospital. So uh, what, we'll go ahead and hop into a video. It actually um, it was reported by uh, CNCB uh, television, so they actually have a decent little segment about this. We'll hop
1: in and take a look now. Now, the news that we just learned in the last few minutes is that the Biden campaign has made the decision to suspend all negative advertising on the airwaves. The Biden campaign has an awful lot of money to spend on television advertising. They will continue to run positive advertising. But given the president's condition, and especially in light of the announcement that he is going to be spending a few days at least at Walter Reed, the Biden campaign is telling me just in the last few minutes they are suspending all negative advertising. But, Shep, this is a campaign that has been operating on, frankly, a crisis footing for months. They have adapted their campaign strategy to the coronavirus. I've been covering the former vice president for 12 years. I've been covering this campaign since it began. Covering him, though, in the last eight months has meant really often not getting close to him. When I am close to him, it's after being tested. It's after being, having my temperature taken. So this is a candidate who does not need to change the way he's campaigning but because he's already done it, Shep.
0: All right, so that is uh, CNBC going uh, reporting on um, Joe Biden coming out, basically giving a little speech, little spiel there. Um, I think that so one is a, I don't know, I guess maybe a little bit of unnecessary for Joe Biden to pull the ads. I think personally, if you are running a whole bunch of ads that are so awful about another person. Uh, that you need, you feel like you need to pull them if they get sick, then you probably are not running the best ads to begin with. Like, what does that say about our political landscape? That if you're running against another person and you have advertisements about them on TV and you feel the need ethically to pull those down because they get admitted to the hospital, probably not good, right? That goes for both sides of the aisle. Donald Trump, I'm sure, I know, has plenty of mean-spirited ads against Joe Biden, and I don't think he's pulled those down right now, but I think it's a pretty good look for Biden. The fact that he pulled all these down, uh, and it's kind of going into or playing into a little bit of like who Joe Biden is and how he's making his case for the American people. And I think this was a really solid move by Joe Biden, him coming out and mo- taking these negative ads down. is just, it's kind of a classy move and selling the American people like, Hey, I know that I'm in the middle of a tough campaign right now against, uh, against Donald Trump, but I'm still a good guy. I'm still the guy that's going to bring unity. He tweeted out uh, a couple days ago, Jill and I send our thoughts and prayers to President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump for a swift recovery. We will continue to pray for the health and safety of the president and his family. So he's gone out of his way to not be partisan about this and to not be mean-spirited. Joe Biden has made sure... And all of the messaging that he has had going to the media and to the American people about Trump getting coronavirus has been incredibly consistent all the way through. And that consistent message is: we are heartbroken to hear about Trump and his family. We hope that he gets better. We want for him to get better. Right now is not the time for partisan divide. For that, we we want for Trump to be good. We want for him to be healthy. Yes, I still want to win the campaign, but I don't want to do it against somebody, obviously, that is not in good health or is not doing well. Another person's life is much more important than politics. That is a solid message going into November 3rd. If, that is, if that's Joe Biden's message between now and the end of October, beginning of November, He's going to win over a good chunk of independent voters that are so worn out from the divisiveness that politics has brought. So he hasn't come out and said, I told you so, looking at Donald Trump, which he absolutely could have, especially because of the way Trump picked on him the other night in the debate about his mask. Uh, He hasn't once said that Trump deserved it, like so many other awful people on Twitter have come out and said. He hasn't caved to all the partisan stuff to attack Trump and to cause confusion And he's, I think that's going a long way. Joe Biden coming out and saying, listen, I've been in politics for a while. I know that it's tough. I know that things get heated, but I'm going to be bringing the message of unity. That is a good message right now. That's a good message. And if he's able to get that clearly to the American people between now and the end of October, it's going to go a really long way. So, why is this? Why I guess why why is this messaging and this consistency good? One, I think that it shows Joe Biden in a much more moderate light. By polling data, the majority of Democrats are not these like far left extremists, where you have like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, this like Bernie Sanders far left, I guess sect of the, of the Democratic Party. Is not the majority of Democrats. The majority of Democrats rest in this much more major, like moderate kind of lane, where they're like, you know, I I don't want all of the craziness that's the, that the far progressive left side of the party wants, but I also don't want Donald Trump at all. They're just regular kind of blue dog Democrats. They. Uh, want to work for the working class. You know, social issues are very important to them. They they want liberty. They want rights for people. And this Joe Biden showing that he is not incredibly partisan, that he's not going to stir up confusion, that he's not going to stir up strife and division is going to make him appeal, appear to be much more moderate. And that's going to go a big way. Um, the far left wing of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, although it is incredibly loud, it is much more of the French, right? It's on the wing. So appealing to moderate Democrats and picking up a lot of those uh, independent voters, especially in the suburbs, is going to be huge for Joe Biden if he plans on being able to win this election in November. Uh, number two, it also shows that he's not afraid of beating a healthy Trump, which is a, that's that's big. A lot of people have, I guess, criticized Joe Biden a bit about being uh, somewhat, I guess, stale. Like he's just kind of, Donald Trump calls him sleepy Joe, right? He's just kind of like, oh, he does his thing. He's not, he's not super abrasive. You know, in the, in the debate last Tuesday, he wasn't all over Donald Trump. He wasn't yelling at him. He wasn't being terrible. You know, it doesn't seem like he's got a huge, rigid backbone. Well, if he comes out and he's saying that he hopes that Donald Trump is healthy, he hopes that he's doing well, that he hopes that Donald Trump is going to be able to get back out on that campaign trail and do well. What Joe Biden is saying is basically, I don't need the coronavirus to win. Like I don't need Trump to be in the hospital in order for me to win this. I'm totally capable and totally fine with beating a healthy Trump. That confidence is going to be very, very good for Biden. Confidence is something that Trump has an overwhelming amount of, right? Oftentimes, probably a little bit too much confidence, but it's not something that a ton of people like when you think about Joe Biden, the thing that you think about isn't like a cockiness or uh, a certain level of like swagger in his step. Joe Biden is much more of kind of just the, you know, it's just, it's Uncle Joe. He's just doing his thing. Well, if he has that confidence going into the end of October and he's able to bolster that a little bit, stick his chest out, I think it's going to look really good in front of voters. Um, lastly, and I think this is most key, it shows that he wants to unite across the aisle. Now, whether or not he actually does want to do that or whether or not he actually will do that when he gets into office or if he gets into office, uh, that's yet to be seen. But the fact that Joe Biden is willing to reach out his hand, extend a little bit of an olive branch, say, listen, I'm pulling my negative campaign ads. I hope that Trump and his family are doing okay. It shows that he's seemingly willing to reach across the aisle in order to come to some type of middle ground. And that I think is what voters want. You're seeing increasingly that voters are tired of divisiveness. They're tired of derision. That is literally the whole purpose behind why I started this podcast. I'm tired of, and I don't want to see so much division anymore. I don't believe the media when they say this is the most divisive time in history. I I want to believe that the American people want to be able to come together and work together and collaborate and grow together. And if Joe Biden comes out and that's a bit of his message, I really do think that him not kowtowing to that progressive fringe of the party is going to be very, very good for him. It's going to be appealing to a lot of voters, especially those voters that uh, are you know on the fence and have been on the fence about Trump for a while. So um, before moving on though, I want to touch on one brief thing that the reporter talked about uh, in his video. So towards the end of that video, that reporter said, uh, well, a lot of the stuff in Joe Biden's campaign, honestly really isn't going to change very much because Joe Biden has been abiding by and he's been doing all the coronavirus protocol for a long time. It's not going to make much of a difference for him. That's a huge, that's a key thing for Biden right now. He's going to be able to say, now, listen, I've been I've been incredibly cautious. Trump has been picking on me for being in my basement for the majority of my campaign. But my strategy is to stay safe because I think that the, the American people need to stay safe. Now we have a president that has the coronavirus. This is extremely big. This is a difficult issue. It's not as simple as we think. Uh, I think that you know I have purposefully been. Making sure that I'm staying as safe as possible, and that's why I wear my face mac- mask even when I'm 200 feet away from somebody. And I think that's a solid, strong message for Biden as well. So uh, it lo- makes him look like he's been taking it seriously all along, and uh, that the fact that he wouldn't have to change means that you know Joe Biden is he's he's stepping on the right foot here. So. As uh, many more people have been diagnosed and as the death toll rises over the next month or so leading up to the election, I think that all of this is going to be very, very strong messaging for Joe Biden. It could give him a good kick um, going or a good push going into the election come November 3rd. So uh, the last story, last story is about on the vice presidential debate, which will be happening on Wednesday. It will be between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Uh, should take place at the University of Utah at about 9 p.m. on Wednesday night. It's it'll be 90 minutes, similar to the format of the presidential debate that took place last Tuesday. Uh, it will be hosted by Susan Page. So she's been a Washington, she's the Washington bureau chief at USA Today. She's covered elections for four, like four decades, over forty years, something like that. Uh, I personally think she's a pretty solid choice in order to moderate the debate. I think that hopefully she'll be a little firm if things do tend to get if things things get a little out of hand. You know, I would be surprised if this debate devolves to what the debate devolved to last Tuesday, the presidential debate. Uh, I think that both Kamala Harris and Mike Pence are both well qualified, intelligent they're both solid vice presidential choices for each respective party, right? Kamala Harris checks off a lot of the boxes that the Democrats want, and Mike Pence checks off a ton of the boxes that the Republicans want. They're both well-equipped with being able to get into due debate, especially Kamala Harris. With her being a prosecutor for a while, she would be pretty scary to get up against on the debate stage. She is smart. She is uh, well-versed in the talking points that she's going to need walking into Wednesday night and she is going to be ready to go. I think that the entirety of the Democratic Party really want to see Kamala Harris come after Mike Pence hard. At the same uh, you know on the same side of the coin, though, on the on, on the opposite side of the coin you have Mike Pence, who Mike Pence is very smart. He's well educated, he's been in politics for a little while now, he knows the ropes, he knows the game. He can speak very very well. He's a very fluent speaker, so he, it's going to be interesting to see how they go back and forth. I think some of the big points are going to be, uh, one, there's no way Mike Pence lets Kamala Harris off for uh, especially her record as a prosecutor. She went after people hard as a prosecutor. She was tough and she was very, very tough on crime. And I think Mike Pence is going to come after her on that because there are a lot of people that have criticized her, even on the left for this. This is why she wasn't super popular uh, in the Democratic primaries. So I think that uh, Kamala Harris on the other hand is going to go after Mike Pence unfortunately I think a lot lot for his religious beliefs. That this is one of the big main attacks that have has been leveled against Mike Pence and I don't necessarily think it's fair by any stretch of the imagination but they they come after Mike Pence pretty hard especially for his opinions on abortion or homosexuality which I don't understand why they would because he lines up with the rest of the conservative party but she, I think, is going to come after him on a lot of his maybe more social opinions because she wants to call that out and fire up her base a little bit. Um, But Mike Pence, for the most part, is just a good dude. I think it's tough to call a ton of fault in Mike Pence outside of if you don't believe or if you don't line up with his belief system. So it'll be interesting to see how these two go at it. I think it's going to be a good debate. I'm actually looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be much better than the presidential debate, which was an absolute disaster. So we'll want to see I, I think for me the the biggest thing that i want to see is how harris is going to be able to handle things because i think that her, my personal opinion is that in november you're voting for harris you're voting for harris if she wins the vice presidential uh uh I, I wins as the vice president then either a Joe Biden doesn't make it through four years, which would be, you know, which would be terrible if he won the presidency and didn't. But uh, Kamala Harris would be sealing herself for a pretty for a long next couple of decades uh, in politics if she were to seal herself as a vice presidential nominee, uh, vice presidential candidate. So it will be interesting to see how all this ends up playing out here in the next couple days. Uh, there's going to be a lot of buildup going to it. I think, I don't know that nearly as many people will watch the vice presidential debate, but I'm definitely going to watch it and we'll be bringing you coverage later this week. So that's our third story of the day. We can go ahead and hop in and finish up on my favorite part of the show. Believe it or not, as much as I love the politics and as much as I love the jockeying back and forth between the left and the right, my really, my favorite thing in the world is, is to smile and it's to laugh. So here is one thing that I saw that made me smile. So this is an article off of good news network, which if you've never heard of good news org, you should totally go look it up because it's fun and it's got a ton of nice stuff on there. But, uh, this is a story that comes out of Australia. So, um, There was a study that was done in Australia by the Partnering with Tourism Western Australia uh, and the University of Leeds exploring the psychological and physiological impact of cute animals on students and staff. Interestingly enough, they found, and this is not surprising, that even just looking at images of cute animals reduces stress levels in humans. So you sitting on Facebook or sitting on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram, wherever it is that you get all your social media, when you're sitting there and you see that cute little piglet run across the screen, or you see small little fluffy puppies that are just the most adorable thing you've ever seen in your whole life, it's actually good for your health. Who would have thought? So, Don't feel bad when you're sitting there looking at those cute animals on your screen. It's actually good for you. It's going to be good for your stress, good for your heart. Enjoy sitting there and looking at those fluffy little ducklings and those cute little kitties. Nothing wrong with that at all. I thought that was uplifting. I thought that kind of made me smile a little bit. Made me not feel so bad for uh, occasionally seeing a cute animal on the internet and being like, man, that's a really adorable animal. So with that being said, that is the show for today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please. Please, please like and share. Send it out to your friends and your family if you enjoy it. Uh, My goal with this podcast, as I say over and over again, is to be able to cultivate a bit of a community and bring a little bit of unity together. Um, I want to be able to have a place where people can talk and discuss things, come to a little bit of a middle ground, find a little bit of a moderate footing instead of all this political divisiveness. So, Uh, please send me around, share if you can. Also, I'm on Instagram and I am on YouTube as well. So feel free to look me up at Split the Difference podcast for Instagram and Split the Difference on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, as always, keep a level head, okay? Be reasonable in this day and age and always, always split the difference. This is Austin Taylor.